0: For the month of December, the Business Casual is raising funds in support of the Alzheimer's Society of York Region. Check out our Instagram page or website for links to donate. Hello, and welcome back to the Business Casual. My name is Stacey. If you're new here, welcome. Today on the show, I'm joined by Andrea Ubel, the Director of Programs and Client Services from the Alzheimer's Society of York Region. Andrea has a master's degree in social work from Wilfrid Laurier University, a Bachelor of Arts from Carleton, and a postgraduate certificate in gerontology and human service management from the University of Toronto. Since 1992, Andrea Ubel has been the Director of Programs and Client Services at the Alzheimer Society of York Region. She is responsible for the delivery of caregiver support and education programs, as well as the Day Centre program. Each year, this agency provides support to approximately 2,000 families per year. This Christmas season, the Business Casual is thrilled to be raising funds in support of the Alzheimer's Society of York Region and welcomes Andrea to the show. Hi, Andrea. How are you today? Hi, Stacey. I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm excited to hear more about your role with the Alzheimer's Society, definitely bring some awareness to Alzheimer's and dementia, and let those in the community know the amazing work that you and your organization are doing.
1: Thank you for inviting us and for thinking about us and remembering those people living with Alzheimer's.
0: Definitely. To start, we're going to ask you five rapid-fire questions to get to know you a little bit better. And since it is the month of December and we are in the holiday Christmas season, we want to bring some holiday joy to our listeners by asking you all holiday-themed questions. So to start, what is your favorite holiday or Christmas tradition?
1: Oh, our family has a tradition that on Boxing Day, we we used to go out shopping. But um, when I was about my late teens, so it's a long time ago, we started having movie marathons. First, we'd go out to the theaters and watch like six movies in a day. So literally, we would go from movie to movie to movie. Um, more recently, it's been uh, turn on Netflix or rent movies uh, and watch as many as we can. We have a pajama day and we graze all day long. So it's a great, relaxing family day. That I don't perfect. think we'll be doing it this year, though. <laughs>
0: Maybe through Zoom, there's a Netflix party is a great application you can use and you can all watch it together. What is your favorite movie marathon that you guys have watched?
1: Oh, um, well, I've got a lot, but specific for Christmas movies, there's uh, that I watch every single year. I always watch um, It's a Wonderful Life, the not the remake, the original one with Jimmy Stewart from 1946. And I always watch White Christmas. Um, which was, I think, 1942. It was a Bob, it was a Irving Berlin. It was a musical. My favorite song is in there about sisters. I have a sister. So we always sing that song together. And that is an amazingly wonderful movie. And then uh, more recently, always watch Love Actually. Usually watch that a couple of times. And one of my favorite, 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 favorite is one called Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. If you haven't seen it, if you like schmaltzy sort of romantic Christmas movies that, you know, it it involves someone being told they're going to die and this is her last Christmas or last holiday. It's magical. I love it
0: definitely pulls on your heartstrings we always have the uh, hallmark christmas channel movies they're just always in the background of my ha- in my house because they're so heartwarming and everything is always so perfect in the movies and the snow falls at the perfect time and all that's the perfect rom-com for this time of the year uh, moving to the next question what is your least favorite side dish at christmas Mince meat. oh that I don't like that either uh okay next question is I'm really curious this de- definitely because it was just recently Black Friday so what type of holiday shopper are you do you shop on Black Friday are you a last minute do you wait till Christmas Eve what type of holiday shopper are you
1: usually I'm in the store at like five minutes before they close I'm a last minute shopper not going to be able to do that this year so I've got to change things up
0: so. yeah now you have online it should be a little bit easier you can still do The last minute shopping, it'll, the shipping services are so fast nowadays, you can definitely get things next day. Uh, And last but not least, if you were Santa Claus, what type of cookie would you want to be left out for you on Christmas Eve?
1: Hmm. I would want to have a really good chocolate chip cookie that, you know, has the right amount of chocolate, maybe some nuts in it, pecan or walnuts, and it's got to be gooey.
0: So... The best when you put it in the microwave and it comes out and it's all warm and fresh and gooey I'm the exact same way. Definitely can't go wrong with the classic chocolate chip cookie.
1: Yes,
0: that's true. I'm glad we were able to, I feel so in the holiday spirit, I feel like I need <laughs> some hot cocoa with the candy cane. Yeah. Um, and now getting into uh, you and the Alzheimer's Society, uh, mm-hmm. to begin we want to start by doing more of an educational aspect on what Alzheimer's is, what mm-hmm. dementia Is There's still not a lot of awareness and a lot of people who may recognize hearing Alzheimer's or dementia are not really sure what the disease is, how it works, and why it's so unique from others. Maybe you can give us some insight on that.
1: Okay, sure. Um, You know, Alzheimer's disease and and dementia are often words that are used interchangeably, Um, but let's look at dementia as a word that describes symptoms. And those symptoms involve things like having difficulty with your memory, having difficulty with judgment, having difficulty with decision-making. There may be some personality and mood changes as well. Um, And and it really starts to impact a person's ability to live their life, uh, live independently. So that's a group of symptoms. There are, however, probably, I don't know. I, I think there's, we keep finding more uh, diseases, but many that um, are irreversible, progressive dementias. So different types of diseases. So you know how we use the word cancer right. um, and we know people have like prostate cancer, lung cancer, blood, uh, breast cancer. There are different types of dementia. So Alzheimer's disease is the most common it's progressive and irreversible, and it accounts for about 60, 65% of all progressive dementias. Then we have some more rare kinds, things like uh, frontal temporal dementias, although we are seeing more diagnoses of that. And under the frontal temporal dementias, there's two or three, or actually there's three different types. One that's related to language, one that's related to behavior, um, and, and another one too. we're seeing a lot of people with um, ALS and frontal temporal dementia together. Um, then there's also other dementias that are related to like parkinson's. So it's really important if there's a problem to get the, you know to, to get to the doctor so you can get a proper diagnosis. because we now know um, that if people are caught early in the disease, and their families are aware of what's going on. We can help support people longer and better. Um, people can have um, things put in place, interventions put in place that can help them su- can help support them to live better in the early stages of the disease and as it progresses, and maybe slow things down a bit. <laughs> you know, the other piece of this is stigma. Stigma is huge. Um, In terms of it is with any mental health illness and Alzheimer's is often perceived as a mental health illness, Um, but it's not. It's a neurological disease. There are things, you know, actually changing in the brain. There's some of the symptoms are, are mental health presentations. But I think one of the biggest things is stigma because people don't want to recognize it. Um, And sometimes too, the very disease does not enable the person who has that disease to understand and see that there's a problem. That's one of the symptoms,
0: which Um, which is that's horrible because, like you said, if it's early onset and you're able to catch it earlier, you're able to get able to plan better you're able to educate family members and caregivers and that was the next question I wanted to ask is how do you support someone who's dealing with the disease because uh, for those of you who are listening who don't know my sister and I our grandfather George he was diagnosed with frontal lobe dementia so he uh, had dementia he battled for almost seven years so we really saw firsthand what it was like to live with someone and have a loved one be affected by it and one of the biggest challenges is that it not only affects that person but everyone around them so what would you say how are some ways to support someone dealing with dementia or alzheimer's?
1: Well, you know I too am a family member with dementia. I have a very long history. I mean, I was lucky I was born i had when I was born, I had three great grandparents and four grandparents so uh, two of my great grandparents developed dementia. two of my grandparents developed dementia, and my grandmother actually lived with her family for about ten years with her dementia. so I know this really well, um, and I've had aunts and uncles. Um, because I come from a very large extended family, developed dementia. And I'm getting to a certain age. We've had, you know, friends and colleagues also develop dementia. So, you know, if I think if you ask 10 people, more than half of them will have had an experience with somebody with dementia in their family, yet there is this stigma. So I think the first thing we have to do is, um, you know, just help people to understand that people are... You know, they need help and they need support. And you as a family need support, particularly, you know, I've been in the field a long time. So when I first started um, dementia work, which is about 35 years ago, um, there was a very different um, orientation. You know, people would talk about, you know, my mother has dementia. My father has dementia. And not sort of recognize or understand their own part of this disease in terms of being a caregiver and a supporter and more recently I hear families saying to me we have dementia you know my mom might have the disease and have the diagnosis but it's affecting all of us and it really does affect everyone you know I I often think of um, when you throw a pebble into a, a body of water how the ripples go out and and research sort of shows that one in a one person diagnosed will affect probably 11 to 13 other intimate family and friends and neighbors directly. You know, a really big piece of this is education and helping families to understand what the disease is and that people are not doing things just to drive you crazy, because it does seem that way sometimes. And to provide them with support and helping them to, to look after themselves, because if they look after themselves, they can look after their family member, um, you know, our social worker team is, and our caregiver support team, very active with families. Like you said, we, we support over 2000 families a year. Wait, that's only within York region as well. Like that's exactly, that's just within York region. And we, um, you know, we provide counseling to families. I mean, everybody comes from a family and everybody has issues in a family. I have not yet met the perfect family, mine included. Um, so sometimes you've got to work through some of that, uh, to support the person with the disease. Also, in terms of supporting the person with the disease, we are getting people now who are early diagnosed, who want support, who talk about it. Um, one of the, um, things that we see in York region too now, and it's, it's this census across the country, we're seeing a lot more people who live alone, who have no family, um, and they are developing dementia. So we're, we're experiencing a lot of that in our, in our so- social work support that we do.
0: As the Director of Programs and Client Services, can you tell us a little bit more about the wonderful day program initiatives that the Alzheimer's Society of York Region supports?
1: We were one of the first day programs north of Steeles. And uh, I think we, we're hitting 35 years now that was specific for people with dementia. And that program was started by caregivers, by family members that, um, you know, were living with dementia and, and, and saw the need. So we started in Thornhill. We're still in that same site, in Bay, it's Bayview and John area. And uh, we've grown now to three different day programs. We're six days a week, no, seven days a week, sorry. And we offer service from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. If it were normal time. We're now in COVID time, so things are quite different right now, and we have to have made all sorts of public health um, arrangements, uh, suggestions we have to follow, and so we've reduced numbers and reduced times for people. But um, it is, and, and our day programs, if we were in normal times, we service about 265 people every year through our day programs, any single day we're servicing about at minimum fifty, but more likely seventy or eighty clients across the three sites. So that's a that's a big part of what we do, and we also partner with other day programs to provide their caregivers with support. Um, we do professional training. Our fund development team does a lot of uh, community awareness raising. Um, we have a lot of events that go on. We just had our our. Breakfast, which is usually held in April, was held uh, just recently online um, with June Andrews, a professor from the UK who has written a couple of books, and she's uh, wonderful. And we have all of those things taped, so if people would like to join us, and we're going to be doing in the new year, Teepa Snow is an educator that comes up from the states, so we try very much to have those one-on sort of support type of things as well. Just trying to think. If there's if I've forgotten anything. I don't think so. That's that's basically what we're doing.
0: That was a lot of information. I really appreciate it. And as you said right at the beginning of that, is that in the last couple of years, I've found it myself and with my friends that when I mention, oh, my grandfather battled with Alzheimer's and dementia, a lot of my friends say, oh, my grandmother had that too, or my friend has her grandfather has the same. And you're hearing more and more of that. But seven years ago, I was only 12 when he was first diagnosed. But I had never heard of it before. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anyone else whose grandparents or grandmother or grandfather had had it. And another thing that I found really interesting that I learned about, uh, you know, through my grandfather and through talking to caregivers and working with the Alzheimer's Society of York Region is that females are affected disproportionately um, than males with Alzheimer's, which is really interesting. Um, I don't know if you have any other information on that or any reasons as to maybe why that is.
1: Um, There's a couple of things that are going on there. Women live longer than men. So that's the basic reason. (laughs) Um, We tend to um, experience Alzheimer's disease more than vascular dementias, although we are catching up. Men experience vascular dementias more. Um, So the biggest thing is the age difference. I mean, women live on average a few years longer than men. And this is, well, it's not a reason, it's not Caused by aging, it is something that you see when people age more frequently. And then the other, there's some really interesting research going on um, worldwide at the World Women's Brain Institute, uh, which is uh, out of Baycrest, I think, uh, where they are studying women's brains and and some of our hormonal things that happen as we hit a certain age
0: um, may be playing into this as well. And the next question I wanted to ask you is that, you know, throughout COVID-19, obviously, thousands of industries and businesses are really hurting. And a lot of annual fundraisers have had to be canceled. People are trying to find ways to fundraise online. Uh, So what does the Alzheimer's Society of York Region need most right now to continue supporting those in their community suffering with dementia?
1: you're you're quite right about how COVID has affected. I mean, it's really affected our clients. Uh, people with dementia have progressed quicker, because a lot of supports have been, you know, withheld or had to cancel. And, and people living in long-term care, we, we see this all over the newspaper, but people with dementia have been profoundly impacted, and their caregivers, and also the charities that try to support these people. So, um, we have an annual walk that usually happens in May or June, and we usually do it in two sites um, outside. It's a lovely day. It's a great day. I love the walks. Um, we usually do it up at the Briars in Georgina, which is beautiful, or in Richmond Hill at the Richmond Green. Um, great days. We couldn't do that this year. So we went online. Um, where we usually raise about $100,000. I think, I don't know the exact numbers, but we were down significantly, 20, 30, 40%. And I think that's across the board with any charities. Um, we also had, had um, we used to have some golf tournaments. Again, those were canceled. Um, we are relying right now on a lot of um, individuals coming forward and doing social media fundraising, which has been amazing, Um, And we usually do in the fall something like a a coffee break, uh, which was another awareness raising venture that the uh, fund development team spearheaded. And we would do talks and people would raise some money, but that got canceled this year. So they've shifted to an online um, version called Social with a Purpose. I've got one coming up, uh, hopefully in January, I'll be able to organize it called Wine and Wine. So, we're going to get up, have a glass of wine and we're going to whine at each other about, you know, but about whatever's going on. But it will, I'll be asking my friends to donate. But one of the easiest ways is we've got our holiday um, campaign on right now. People have received letters and things. One of the easiest ways is donate to your campaign, which is lovely, or on our website, uh, which is www.alzheimer-york.com. And uh, there's a donate button on that homepage if you want to support
0: us. And as Andrea just mentioned, uh, today our fundraiser did go live. So you can head over to our Instagram page where we have the link to our GoFundMe page. And you can read more about the Alzheimer's. We have links to all of their. So we're supporting the COVID emergency fund as well as their music program. So all funds uh, donated through the Business Casual GoFundMe page will be don- donated directly to that. And those programs are to help um, in terms of the emergency fund, that is for caregivers right now who are struggling with COVID and require additional funds, additional support. And then the music program is um, so the Alzheimer's Society every two hundred dollars is able to donate a iPod filled with curated playlists that are meant to help with uh, dementia and with memory um, and brain functionality. I hope I'm. On the right track with this brain, the music program
1: and project is an amazing program. Um, uh, the there is a lot of research on how music really stimulates and calms because as the disease progresses, sometimes that agitation and anxiety becomes an issue for people, and um, music has an amazing way of waking up the brain in certain ways and connecting to people. Um, I remember as my grandmother progressed in her disease and she was pretty much nonverbal for about the last eight years of her life. Yet if we started singing something that she knew, whether it was a Christmas song or a kid's song or uh, church songs, um, she would immediately chime in. And this is so, you know, it is a way of connecting with people. And there's some amazing videos out there. The one that I saw recently was where they put music in a, like on an iPod or MP3 player and in a over, you really need to have the um, headphones. It seems to focus people a bit more. The ear ones. Yeah. The over the ear ones, not the in-ears, over the ears. And with a ballerina. Um, And they played the uh, black swan, the swan, you know, from, um, whatever I, I can't remember the name of the yeah name. but talking- just watching her wake up and her hands so beautifully and gracefully move it was it brings you to tears every single time and uh so the music program is something we've been able and yes 200 dollars uh, enables us to share that gift of the program with families and this year through um Uh, our our volunteers and our supporters we've been able to gift um, iPods to or these mp3 I'm sorry I'm old school I don't think they have iPods anymore mp3 mp3 players to approximately I'm thinking probably about 100 150 individuals and these are this is music specific for them So culturally specific, so we have a lot of Italian clients, so we hear a lot of Italian music on those things. Um, One of my clients who I've had him as a a pleasure of getting to know him and his family, he's been with us at our day program about 15 years now. So he has a a very rare type of dementia. And he's a young guy. He's a couple years older than me. I think he might be 67 now, 68 now. But what's blaring out of his ears, ACDC. Kiss, Ozzy Osbourne, The Rolling Stones. So you know, and he he really um, it, his wife and his family relate that it really does calm him and um, provide him with some a uh, meaningful program. So it is it's so important. So if you can support uh,
0: Stacy and her sister through uh, through us supporting us, that was wonderful. Yes, and we'll definitely have the links to everything if you head over to our Instagram page. And you can find links to donate as well on our website. And from there, you can also check out uh, ASURx website, they have a lot more resources, uh, like Andrea's mentioned, videos, educational aspects, and then a lot of their we're in person, but now online support systems as well. And one of the last questions I wanted to ask you, Andrea, is what is your favorite part about working at the All Society of York Region? You've obviously been with them for quite a while now and have the ability to interact with so many of those in the community. So what's your favorite part about it?
1: Well, definitely for me, it's the, the clients, uh, really the clients and the caregivers and watching people who think they couldn't do anything. Uh, like, I, you know, I, when I work with families, or husbands and wives, I remember once a husband coming, he said, I don't even know where the washing machine is. I've never cooked a meal in my life. My wife can't do those things now. I got to learn those things. So seeing him with that mastery of being able to do them, he said, you know what? I'm a better cook than she ever was. Um, or a lady that I, I remember who was like in her eighties, she's never pumped gas in her life. And yet she, she now had to do those, those little things. Those are little things. That really um, gives people, you know, people realizing, oh, I can do this. Or watching people who may have had a very challenging relationship with their parents mend those relationships in terms of just getting to the point of accepting. But this is—I don't want to sound all Pollyanna because this is a very difficult, challenging disease, and you're watching someone you love and care about uh, disappear in front of your eyes. Um, they're dying. This is a fatal illness, and we have to recognize that, that we can make things better in the moment, but people are moving closer and closer to their end uh, and trying to support them well. Um, the other piece over the years, because I've been there such a long time, that has been helpful for me is watching uh, people come into the beginning of their careers. And the staff we've had who've passed through our door, terrific people. You know, and watching people at the beginning of their careers sort of blossom and grow and offering them that mentorship um, has been, those are the two things that I think I uh, value the most about the job I do and why I like doing it still.
0: No, that's that's awesome, and one of the most important aspects of the business casual is really fostering mentorship. So I love that that's one of the reasons you like working there so much. Uh, we always try and promote mentorship, and um, you know, with that, one of the questions we always ask here in the business casual is, "What piece of advice would you want to give listeners with that you wish you knew when you started your career, or that you've been given throughout your career that really resonates with you?"
1: Mm-hmm. Well, there's a couple pieces and I wish somebody had told me when I was in my 20s and doing all sorts of different things, because this isn't what I, I mean, I went to school, I was going to be uh, a missionary or a nun, actually, that was the other thing. Or um, I was also looking at sort of being a lawyer, because I didn't have a clue. Like I did a lot of different things. I didn't go back to get my social work degree until I was in my 30s. So um And it wasn't until I was in the job for a couple of years that I went, ah, this is why I, everything, it will make sense. So no matter what the journey you're on, it will make sense. You'll be able to take pieces of all of the things that you've done in your life. Uh, And if you find a career that you really enjoy, um, it's not work anymore, you know, that type of thing. And, and really uh, (laughs) my, uh, our former CEO or director who hired me back in 92, who was one of these ladies who started social services, um, in and specifically in York Region, she really crafted um, the Alzheimer's Society of York Region and how we you know, operate, really. And her, her words, sometimes she was very gruff, but her words were always, it's not about you, stupid, it's about the clients. And, and it's always about the clients and uh so I think you know it'll it'll always make sense (laughs) eventually it may not in the moment and that it's always for us it's always about the clients
0: that's beautiful and I think that kind of ties in everything we've talked about today and you know that first piece of advice you gave that no matter the journey it's all going to make sense I think as students right now I'm feeling it it's everything's very confusing. We're living in unprecedented times, studying online, not with friends, not with family, and that goes for anyone. That This is just one step of the journey. So thank you so much, Andrea, for joining us on the show today. And as we've already mentioned, you can head over to our Instagram page to find our GoFundMe page and support the awesome side society of York Region and all of their initiatives. We thank you so much for being here with us. Stay safe and thank you again. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and check us out on Instagram at business.casual.podcast.